Cheryl Maxey, and I'm one of the co-editors of Rockets and Robots. And I am James Maxey, also one of the co-editors of Rockets and Robots, and, and for Rockets, also the illustrator. I did all the illustrations and the cover on it. This series contains some of the people behind the anthology, Rockets and Robots. In this episode, we talk with editors James and Cheryl Maxey. James Maxey is best known for his work in the fields of science fiction and fantasy. Fantasy, James? Really? Come on, man. It's, it's, it's okay. We won't, Sci-Fi Thoughts won't hold it against you. Well, then, there is the matter of your Wikipedia entry showing you with dragon puppets. Now, that I'm going to hold against you. That's just... You know, we have we have standards here. I will jump in and say that the dragon is the reason that that rockets and robots, or my, and my other anthologies like where the bugs exist. Oh, James, there we, there's a there's a recovery. It couldn't even bring up Anne McCaffrey and her. Uh, you know, she started out with dragons, and it turned into a science fiction thing at the end. So, so my my publishing career is divided into the pre-puppet era and the post-puppet era. (laughs) And the post-puppet James sells a tremendous number of books. Wow. If you want to know the the secret of selling books at live events, it's the puppet. (laughs) All right, folks, you got a hot tip from James Maxey right there. Do you have a, I, do you have a, I, I do you have an online good, store good link for the puppets to, that they should have? <laughs> uh, you can go on to uh, Amazon and type, type in dragon puppet and we'll find a variety of puppets. But, you know, get get one that meets your theme. So I do write dragon books so that my best-selling series, Bitterwood, is actually hard science fiction disguised as epic fantasy. Oh. Uh, but it's got uh, hard SF roots in a post-apocalyptic America. So I picked up a dragon puppet at a convention, just kind of on a whim. I didn't really plan to use it, but I had another convention like two weeks after that. We were just sitting there doing nothing. People were just completely ignoring us. We were at the end of an aisle. People were coming down, and they were just turning away without making eye contact. And so I got out the puppet, and I started flapping it around, and people started coming up to the table, and they were like, oh, the puppet. Ever since then... I wear a, I now wear a fitness tracker on my hand, and uh, uh, flapping my arm will count as about three or four flaps will count as a step. And so wow. for an eight-hour day, I try to get ten thousand flaps. <laughs> Holy smokes! It's a it's it's a work-life balance thing now. It's like it sells books and it makes you stronger. Yeah, you know, I've got to I've got to keep keep that in motion. It gets people to come up to the table and and say, hey, I like puppet. Uh, I say, when a free dragon fist bump, you know, it's very lucky. <laughs> uh, and uh, people come up with fist bump the dragon. And, uh, you know, and it's an icebreaker. And solo authors on a table of books are kind of people try not to not to engage with them because they know they're going to be, you know, 
just pitched and, you know. Oh my God, they'd have to buy a book maybe. Shocking. Yeah, so I put, put the puppet on and, you know, you just instantly, you know, now you're, in, now you're entertainment. Yeah. Uh, you're part of the con experience. And pre-COVID, I was doing 30 shows a year. And unlike a lot of, of authors, you know, who are in the indie field. So I started traditional publish then when it became indie published. But I, I sell more physical books, or I earn more revenue from physical books than I do from ebooks, hmm. uh, and it's all because of, of having a puppet. Oh, uh, wow! Sorry to sorry to have a monologue here, but but the other thing is everybody's gonna have puppets the next time you're in a dealer's room, man. It's gonna be crazy <laughs> because kids like puppets, oh. and my books are full of decapitations and. <laughs> Just balance. Just, you know, not, you know, there's also pop with, <laughs> with PG 45 intensity, a level above like Deadpool. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, so kids are like, you know, like excited about the puppet and I had nothing to sell them. And so Cheryl was actually, she had me write a short story about a Kraken. Yeah. And so I saw that as a standalone thing. But then, you know, we, we talked about doing anthologies and she said she would do the co-editing and all the social media promo. And so I was like, wow. okay, well, that's a good deal. If you're committing, committing to the, to the work. We will get, get on it. Wow. Pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, Cheryl, now yeah. that one day when he left with puppets on his fist, you know, and he's trying to catch a flight <laughs> out to some con, how, how, what went through your mind? Like, why did you let him do this? Oh no. I mean, I've been going to conventions with James even before, well, we were dating, I think, when I... The first con I went to was Dragon Con, which was kind of crazy how big that was. But we've been doing conventions together oh. for quite a while. You know, I help with keeping him company, doing the driving, selling. I can pitch all the books. I've read all the books, so I can always pitch them in case he needs a break. So I know who comes to the table. And you, know, you see the families. They have kids with them. The kids like, ooh, I like dragons. Like... Yeah, no, we can't. We can't sell you this book. This is way. You come back in three or four years, we can sell you this book. <laughs> so I was really excited when we really started in earnest talking about this project of having kid-friendly books for oh. this age range. Nice. Yeah, you got to seed the population. If we don't have books for them at a young age, they might all start right. Well, keep reading Warrior Cats, right? Whenever we're further away from that. <laughs> Hey, look, I got to say some more nice things about James. So James won the Phobos Award and been nominated for a WSFA Small Press Award, is a 2015 Piedmont Laureate, and reprinted in year's best science fiction and fantasy. In his copious yes. spare time, he's reviewed novels for online magazines, such as Intergalactic Medicine Show, and appeared on panels and taught workshops at numerous conventions on the East Coast, and he shows up to conventions with puppets. So does that summarize <laughs> your, your uh, professional life here? <laughs> that, that pretty well uh, summarizes it, yeah. I, I was very much traditional published. I, I did two fantasy series through Solaris and had one superhero novel before that through Phobos, you mentioned the Phobos Awards. So they had a contest every year. So my superhero novel came out through them, and they went out of business very shortly afterwards. So one of, one of many publishers that I have driven, <laughs> nice. driven out of business. <laughs> <laughs> I started doing indie publishing around 2011. I still had books in print and Barnes & Noble from Solaris, but I was able to reprint some of the stuff I still had rights to 
that was out of print. And then Solaris had just never bought the ebook rights when I first entered with them on, on some of my novels. So I started put doing, doing that. And then around 2012, I would say, suddenly it just seemed like conventions, science fiction and comic book conventions exploded. And, you know, instead of there being like three big ones in a year, now every little town had a, had a convention going on. Hmm. And I would go to these, these things even before the puppet and <laughs> the books I would sell compared to the books I would sell going to a Barnes and Noble, do a reading yeah. was just stunning. You know, I did, I think the most books ever sold at a Barnes and Noble reading was probably 12, 20 at most. But if I ever, if I ever hit 20 at a single Barnes and Noble, I can't, I can't think of it. Whereas one of the earliest comic cons I did bull city comic con, I lucked out, had a space right inside the door. People were walking in, they were seeing my banner, and they were, you know, I sold over 100 books. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, this is, this is where the books are. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I know. You got at Barnes & Noble, have you tried it with puppets? <laughs> I have not tried it with puppets. Uh, I wonder. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that would be another, another uh, thing. But there's other, at the Comic-Con, so more and more, there are other authors that will be, around and so not rare to see authors there selling now but in a bookstore people have thousands tens of thousands of books to choose from whereas in one of these big comic book conventions next weekend i'll be in raleigh for galaxy con it'll probably have 50,000 60,000 people come out and there will be probably 15 or 20 authors on, in that in that room, hmm. and so you know, I'm not competing with the uh, thousands of authors that are going to be you know, in a Barnes and Noble. Instead, I've got True. much tighter focus yeah. on who I can pitch and sell to. It's it's a lot of work, but it's one of the things that I'm very excited about the these anthologies because at this point I've, I've gotten the experience. I know the market is out there. My own short stories collections sell very well at these events. And so I think that a lot of the science fiction magazines are sort of dying off and are mainly read, kept alive by, by authors who want buying and subscribing to keep these markets alive. Yeah. But out in the wild, you encounter people who are just really excited about short story collections. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to, to defy the trend of most small press publishers and actually be a profit on these. <laughs> James, for those interested in getting rockets and robots, where do they go? The best place to go is just go to Amazon. Uh, if you, hopefully rockets and robots will, will come up, type it in with, with the and symbol instead of spelling out and. <laughs> but if not, go to the James Maxey author page and you'll, you'll find it. There's, make sure you're searching in books because fortunately when you type in rockets and robots, you get a lot of puzzles and toys. But the, uh, Hopefully, as we get more more books sold, we'll get off the second page and on the first page. Next episode, more from the editors of Rockets and Robots, James and Cheryl Maxey. What inspired you to undertake this specific project? Was there a genesis moment? I came up with three ideas. Last year, the first idea we pitched was Ghost Pets. We were at dinner with some other authors, and I was like, we should just do an anthology for all for kids. Everybody just give me a, a story about a ghost, you know, a ghost cat or ghost dog, ghost pig, whatever. 